because I can tell you from, from a living experience that the great Reverend Billy Graham, he always confessed yes. as he stood before the people. He always shared the fact that, Lord, I'm not worthy. Yes. And, and for these people to look on me as if though I'm somebody, right. Lord, let them know that that is not the case. But I'm standing in the admonition of you. I'm standing because of the call that you placed on my life. Yeah. And today, I will tell you that none of us are any different. Yes. God has something for each of us. Yes. And all he wants us to do is to grow up yeah. into that anointing, yes. that blessing, yeah. that gift. That talent. Yeah. He wants us to grow up and to become yes. mature. Yes. No longer just desiring the sense of milk, but looking forward to taking or partaking of the meat of the Lord. Yeah. And when you can handle the meat, y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When you can handle the meat, then the problems that life itself presents to you are not difficult to deal with. Yeah. You, you can be like Daniel and Shaq, like Meshach and Abednego, and say to your mountain, Be removed and cast into yonder sea. You can say to the lion, Go to sleep. Because you can't do me no more. You can look at the body and tell, Smoke the later. Because you won't stay in my garments. Because the one who I am with, Amen, is more than capable. I'm excited today because I get an opportunity to take us somewhere that I believe in the spirit of the living God that we might have taken a wrong turn. Amen? And we've been in this book of Acts and I get excited when I see the church. Amen? In the early stages, how they allowed the spirit of God to manifest himself in them. And then you heard the scripture in its reading earlier from the second chapter of Acts, and that verse 37 through verses 47, and how it was that after Peter had preached, amen, he had preached, amen, after the Holy Ghost had fallen upon, fell upon all of them that were in the upper room. So much so, it was so heavy that it poured them out into the streets. Amen. I, I believe it was something like this, Sister Shonda, that they were in the room, but when they when they came to themselves, they were outside prophesying in front of all mankind. Amen. And, and, and they made no boast that it wasn't them, it was the spirit of the living God. They even quoted Old Testament scripture that this is the day that, that, that Joel spoke of a long time ago. Amen. That the Lord said, in the last day I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I, I don't know about you, but I know a little bit now what it feels like to have his spirit poured out on flesh. Amen. You just don't have control. It makes you want to jump. It makes you want to run. It makes you want to sing. It makes you want to clap your head. The spirit of the living God wants to take over your mortal existence. He wants to put you in a position where God can use you. And, and, and the best place for Him to do that is the church. Amen? Now what do I mean? Am I talking about the mortar and the bricks? No, no. Not talking about 
about the water and the bricks, but I'm talking about the body. Amen? The body is the church. The body is the church. Your body is the temple. It's the church. Amen? But when we are on one accord, as I'll talk today, as we relate to the scripture, when we're on one accord, we become a huger church. We become a huger vessel for God to use. And the best place to exercise those gifts and those talents are within the body of Christ. Somebody asked a long time ago, why should I align myself with the church? Amen? They had this premise that, you know what, I can, I can worship God at home by myself. I can, I can listen to a sermon on television, and I can get Holy Ghost feel right there. I can have just a good a time. Amen? And, 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 and don't even need to go down there and give anybody anything. You're always rationing behind what's going on in your little minds. Amen? But why should I choose the church? What makes the church the exception? The exceptional, excuse me, the exceptional vehicle that, that God wants me to take to get to Him. Amen? But why? And, and, and a lot of folk, when they answer that question, and they find themselves at the altar, and I'm jumping a little bit, they find themselves at the altar because they made the choice to choose the church. I believe that they chose based on bad information. Maybe they chose because grandma and granddaddy told them that that was the thing to do. Maybe they chose because they got in trouble last week and uh, they knew that mom and daddy were never going to forgive them unless they joined the church. Amen? Maybe, maybe they chose because, you know what, things were really hard, first lady. And, and they just didn't have a way out. So they figured, well, at least I can do it, join the church. And when you make decisions based on bad information, you normally get a bad product. Amen. And, and that's what the church is, is unfortunately comprised of. A lot of folk who made the decision to become a member of the body of Christ, but under the wrong pretenses. All right. So the joy of the Lord was not the motivating factor. So when they come to the house of worship, there's no joy. All right. And we serve an awesome God. And, 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 and he says, in order for me to be with you, i got to give some praise. And if you ain't praising, where is God at in your life? God says we ought to always pray. Amen. And thank God. He says that we ought always have praise in, in our mouth. That's what said, that, that, that his praise will continually be on Amen? I'm trying to get you to a place to understand why it is that you're here, first of all. Here, when we look at the early church, we see something in this 37th verse. Peter preached. And we had to come back and get this. Peter preached a sermon that was so dynamic. It was so dynamic. Amen? And he was preaching not to the folk that was in the building. He was preaching to the folk that was in the street. Amen? God had set the stage for the church. And he did not have any restrictions. No color. No creed. Amen. He did not have any restrictions. He didn't even tell them they needed to be in the temple or the synagogue. Just wanted them in the street. And he sent his people down there to preach. And here's the thing. As Peter preached. Power. The power of the Holy Spirit failed. Yes. 
Amen. And it's something about the presence of God. Even today, I can guarantee you somebody has already asked themselves this question and probably asked the wrong person in the process. Deacon Miller, what shall I do? Because that's what happened in the, in the scripture. The Bible says as Peter preached and, 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 and the men heard, it says that their hearts were pricked. And, and after he was pricked, they began to question Peter and the other apostles, brethren, what shall we do? The question. The question. The choice and the question go hand in hand. When they asked that question, Peter wasted no time. No time. Quickly, Peter said, repent ye. And I'm pretty sure he wasn't saying just about what you did last night. Repent all your sins. Confess now. There's nothing that can be hid from the love of God. Whatever you've done in the dark shall manifest itself in the light. So repent everything right now. Did he mean that you just start just crying out, Lord, I did this, I did that. And sometimes you know what? You need to do that. Because until you are free from a thing, you won't continue to think back on that thing. Amen? you got to be able to say to yourself, Lord, I committed adultery and I don't care who know it now because I'm standing before you. See, you take the monkey off your back. And that's what Peter was telling the people. I don't care what you did, y'all go ahead. And you confess that thing right now before God and this nation. Amen. You know what? And I have to take a moment here because I need to clarify some things. Understand that it's not private anymore. When you confess. You're being free of that thing. And it don't matter who hear it. You know what? If the one that was there heard it, hallelujah. But if they wasn't hurt, they, they, they weren't there, and they got it from somewhere else, you can tell them, yes, I sure did. I confess that thing. Yes, sir. And, 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 I, and I'm coming to you right now because we're face to face, and I want to let you know that I did that thing. Yes, sir. And, and I'm no longer bound by it. And if you can forgive me in the name of Jesus, then I, I, I'll be forgiven. But if you don't, yeah. please know that I'm, I'm, I'm through with it. I'm not going to be held in bondage by it anymore. I'm not going to let it take me from a relationship that there's a promise attached to it. So Peter says, repent. And I want to, I want to, you know, implore you to repent today. Now you don't have to stand up and jump right now, but I want you to start getting that thing right. You don't even have to wait till the sermon is over. You start talking to God right now. Lord, I know my soul has been troubled. Yes, sir. That's why I read that 32nd song. My soul has been troubled. You know what? My bones, I don't even feel good. Because every time I think about this wickedness that's on the inside of me, Lord, I can't get no peace. I lay down and I toss and I turn. My pillow is moist because I've done this thing and I can't get it off of me. So, repent. Repent. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the faces. Are y'all here? Don't be afraid. That's the first thing you need to do. Go to that person if you have to. And let them know, you know what? I've been unfaithful. I did something that I shouldn't have did. 
And I want you to know before you hear from anybody else, hear this from me. I've already reconciled this name with God. I've already asked him to forgive me because you're doing that right now in the precious name of Jesus. Because the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 that if you confess, amen, you're changed. That God is faithful. See, this is the first step that you make in becoming a member of the church. You can't join the church with the guilt of sin. Amen. You can't become a part of the body of Christ. And Peter was letting them know the first step is you've got to repent. Okay. That horse should be dead. Amen. Amen. But for those of y'all that are yet hanging on, repent. Amen. And then be baptized. Now don't get me wrong. I understand the word of God. I understand it very clearly. And I understand some arguments that have been made with this next set of scripture. It says to be baptized. Amen. You know what? If the baptism is available, if it presents itself, amen, if, if, if the water is right there, the Enoch said, uh, the, the eunuch said, listen, what, what, what prevented me from being baptized? There's water? What was stopping me? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Because when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, amen, of Nazareth, now watch this now. Then, he says, then you represent or you share the like death to the flesh. So be baptized. Die to the mortal of your body. That immortality might come alive in you. Amen? So if you've not been baptized and you want to know what you need to do to be baptized, simply ask. Be baptized. What does baptism signify? It signifies the laying down of the flesh. Amen. Because every sin that you commit, you commit in the flesh. There's not a sin that's committed that's not done in the flesh. But then there are sins of the body. Fornication. Adultery. These things, they affect the inward function of the body. Let me tell you why. Because demons... Hang out there. Demons hang out there. When you come in contact with another person, amen, and y'all do something that bring the two together, because that's what a consummation of a marriage is, is bringing the two together, and they are becoming one. Young people, that's one of the reasons why we stand up, even though we have not kept that. All right. I want, to, I, want to, I want to dispel whatever the devil might say to you. They're telling me not to have sex. They're telling me, you know what, to be, to be a virgin until I'm married. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We fail, some of us. Some of us. Amen? But you don't have to endure the shame, guilt stain. Let our experience be good enough. Amen? Amen? Yes, God can cleanse you from that thing, but why even have to ask? So abstaining from premarital sex is a good thing. Amen? Amen? I'm not just talking to the ladies in here, I'm talking to the men and the boys too. It's good to do that because now your body is a temple. Paul says, know ye not that your body is a temple? I'm, I'm telling you what it takes in order to become a member of the body of Christ. See, we mix that thing up and we start to think, watch this, we start to think that if I just confess with my mouth, amen, the Lord Jesus, and believe in my heart, I don't have to worry about those other sins. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
Amen. Because a lot of people come up here and do that, and they become what they believe in their minds, members of the body of Christ, but then they're still doing ungodly things. Say so. But when you come up, you have made a conscious decision like these folk on that day of Pentecost when they believed, amen, they received the word. They gladly, those that received the word, they were baptized. Amen. Now, the baptism, repent and be baptized. Those are the first two ordinances. And I don't want to call the repent an ordinance, but it is. It's a doctrine. Amen. And it's also a dogma. That's what we say. Dogma is something that, that, that uh, you know, what you just believe in. Amen. It, it's what you believe in. We were discussing this stuff in, in, in Sunday school this morning. And folk don't know how to be saved. They just don't know. It, it's not as easy as you think, but it is easy. Because you've got to give up some stuff. You've got to give up the world. Amen. So, so basically what I'm saying to you is, now that we're here, now that we're at this point, we've got the preaching going on, and now you ask the question, what shall we do? What's next? Amen? Repent. Be baptized. Because we want to make you members of the body of Christ. Why do I choose the church again? I choose the church because the church has benefits. The church has benefits. And before I can get to the benefit package, i got to sign up for employment. Amen? I, I just need everybody here, man. I ain't going to get real hot and heavy and preach real. You know, but I need you to understand that first, before they could do anything, they had to get in a position to be hired. Now, I'm using a job because everybody's looking for a job, but your first obligation to labor is in the body of Christ. And the devil don't want you to choose the church, so he makes you ask that question, what do we do next? And why should I choose the church? Well, here's the deal. Church has benefits. But once you can repent, amen, confess your sins, and you're baptized, you're prime candidates to be employed. You will not be turned away. Come just as you are. Amen. He goes on to say to them, watch this, he goes on to say to them, listen, for the remission of your sins, Please know it has nothing else to do with anything that folk might tell you. They'll tell you that it's so the pastor can get some more money. Amen. So he, the more members he get, the more he get paid. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but it's some folk who think like that. Oh yeah. You see how big that church is? I wonder how much money they paying. <laughs> Jay got the wrong idea. They got, they're in the church, but you see, they got the wrong idea. But because it has nothing to do with that. God says he will take care of us. God says, I'll take care of you. Aaron and the fathers and brothers and sons of the Levite, he says, I'm going to take care of you. And unfortunately, folk don't understand that, but that's the truth of the matter. God has never let me or my family see a day of want. He's just not done that. There have been some things that I thought I, I had to have. But he also showed me that that was going to kill me if I got it. So I left them things alone. But here it is. So don't, don't, don't even think on that term that the bigger the church is, the more money the pastor gets paid. You know what? That's not what your concept ought to be. Now watch this. He says, for the remission of your sins. Amen. And when we 
think about the remission of sins, what we really think about is the benefit. Because you can't receive the benefit if you've got sin. Does that make sense? Okay, let me, let, let me really be plain here. The reason why you are not prospering and you are a member of the church is because you still got sin. The promise can't come until the sin leaves. The promise wants to come. The promise of the Holy Spirit wants to come. But He can't come. He won't come because God says, Here is my mandate. You shall not reside in an unclean temple. Yes, sir. That's right. And the only thing that makes a temple unclean is sin. So, if you still are harboring sin, you need to get rid of it so you can get the blessing of the Holy Spirit because that's the promise. Jesus says to his disciples, listen, I must go away, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send another comforter. And the comforter is the Holy Ghost. And he shall come and he shall overtake thee. In other words, he shall consume thee and he shall bring back to remembrance everything whatsoever I have told you. But I can't send my Holy Spirit into a nasty house. And some of us ain't cleaned up in a long time. It's springtime. It's time to do some spring cleaning. You got to get some wigs out of your house. I ain't going to start telling you what all of, the, all of them are. You know what they are. But he goes on to say to us, so that the gift of the Holy Spirit may be received. Amen? Now, why is the gift of the Holy Spirit important? Because it's the promise. So whatever God has promised you, the Holy Spirit bears it. Yeah. Amen? Are y'all in agree with me, preacher? Whatever God has promised you, it can come through no other vehicle. It can't come through Jesus. Amen? Are y'all with me? Because Jesus says, I must go away. And, and, and the comfort that I gave you at one time, it will be no more. But I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you another comforter. So you've got to know that if you ain't never felt the Holy Spirit, that's why I was making that appeal earlier today. God is waiting on you. Amen? Let me keep going because I know y'all ready to go already. But watch this. He says, that, he says for, the, for, for to you is the promise. And the children, amen, your children, your generations to come. God will bless you through three and four generations based off of your faith. God just won't bless Donna and me to bless Donovan, Brianna, and Devin. He's going to bless Brianna and Devin's children and their children and their children. Are y'all with me? That's what he wants to do. He wants to bless you for all that which you will even see because of your actions of becoming a member or a, a person in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen? That's what he wants to do. That's just what his promise is because I want to bless you. Amen? And he says, after Peter had began to make all of these testimonies, after he had testified, watch this, after he had testified, I'm going to get into some things now and I'm going to, I'm going to Kind of wrap it up for you. Peter testified. What are the benefits? What are the benefits of being in a church family? What are the benefits of being in a church family? 
Let me give you a scenario and you think about this real quick for me. Imagine the roadways with no signs, with no lights. Amen. People just drove aimlessly. They knew they had somewhere to get, but there were no direction. That's the way the world is. The world says everything is a go. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. I'm going to mess some people up. I'm going to piss some people off probably. But, but the world says it's all right to marry the same sex. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to belabor these points very long, but I just want you all to know where God is. That's right. The world says it's okay that homosexuality is cool. The world says it's all right. Amen. To do whatever you want to do. Look at all the pornography you want to do whatever you want to do. It's okay. You sit in the comfort of your own house. You can drink all the alcohol you want to drink. The world says it's all right if you want to smoke dope. It's your body. You do whatever you want to do. Listen to what I'm saying now. And I want you to see that it's just like the roadways without instruction, without any. Amen. Don't have anything. Hear what I'm saying? The world is telling you via television, radio, uh, uh, internet, it's telling you that everything is okay. But God says the benefit of the church is the church is a stop sign. Yeah. It's a yield sign. Yeah. It's a red light. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a curvy road. Amen. The church is a set of instructions. Yes, sir. Yeah. It gives you instructions so that you can operate in a orderly fashion. God says, I am not the author of confusion. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 So sometimes you get upset with the preacher because the preacher says, I need you here on Saturday morning for an hour of prayer. Those are instructions. It's not optional. It's not optional. But most of us want to live in a world where there are no constraints and you can do what you want to do, so you choose not to show up. Well, you're really not a part of the body. Because the church is organized in such a fashion that you follow the instructions of the Word of God. Now, what are the instructions? The instructions are doctrines. It's doctrine. That's the instructions. Doctrine. Doctrine says that we believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Doctrine says that we receive the bread and the cup in the form of communion because we remember Him dying and saving us and setting us free. It's for the remission of our sins. Amen. That's doctrine. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. It's doctrine that says that we gather ourselves together. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. The Bible says that, and we have chosen as believers of the body of Christ that that is our doctrine. We believe that. Now, let me, let me share something with you. 
I stand up here and I take those words of doctrine, the scripture, that I believe relates to us. And it says to me, Alvin, do this, 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 and this. Amen? Watch this. Amen? And I use dogma. I become dogmatic in my belief of my doctrine and I preach to you. And I tell you, brother, if you sin, you're putting yourselves in hell's way. If you lie, if you cheat, if you steal, you are about to place yourself in trouble. Repent your sins. Amen? And I, I, I preach that. Sometimes I get loud. Sometimes I get boisterous. But it's dogma. It's, it's, it's just taking my doctrine and sharing with you. And you do the same thing. Amen? You do the same thing. You go out there and you do the same thing. You start telling people, child, that Jesus heals. Jesus saves. Jesus can deliver you. That's dogma. Now, now what happens is when they say how, you got a problem. Because you can't tell them how. Because your dogma is not matching up with your doctrine. Yes, sir. Because now, when your dogma reaches out, you should be able to take your doctrine and you should be able to tell them. And here's the thing. Our problem is we made the decision based off of somebody's dogma and not doctrine. Yes, sir. That's right. And we came. So when we got in here, we wanted to be a part of the church, but they started having too many rules. They start asking me for money. They start telling me that they want me to come on Wednesday night. They want me to be there on Saturday. They want me to come and do this ministry. They want me to join this. And they want me to, I ain't got time for all that. But you join. You join. You said, this is what I want, Lord. I heard the preacher and I asked the question, what next? He says, repent and be baptized. I did that. Stuff from me. I thought it was going to be over. <laughs> you get instruction. That's a benefit of the church because while the world is running rampant, the church is supposed to be self controlled. It's supposed to be self disciplined according to the doctrine, and our doctrine is the holy word of God. Amen. Not only that, but it, it, the, the church has fellowship as a benefit because the world tells you you ought to mind your own business. Y'all with me? Little children are reared in that thing in the schoolhouse because listen to what I'm saying, Brother Cliff. Don't you tell me. You laughing. I'm serious. You tell me and you see what happens. Stitches is stitches. See y'all over y'all y'all grown out of that now, but our kids are facing it. So now instead of them telling you that I had an awesome day at school, but guess what happened? They just say I had a good day. Because they don't want to tell you what really happened. And, and, and see, here's the problem. They don't want to tell you the other stuff that they did either. But fellowship requires that we share our lives with one another. You ought not be mad when they say come to church. That ought to be one of the most happiest times in your life. Because that's an extenuation of your family. 
See, you only have family reunion that used to be like every year. But you know what? Now they do it every other year. And it ain't long before they do it every three years because the expense goes up. But God says, I don't care what the world does. I'm going to meet with my family as often. That's why he says, but seek not the assembling of yourselves together, which is So whether we're going to have a meeting, whether we're going to have church, whether we're going to have prayer, whether we're going to do praise and worship, whatever it is, you come. Because I want a family reunion as often as possible. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Amen. You know how you like the family reunions. And here's the truth of the matter, see? Man, you can have a family reunion and you start seeing people. Man, who is that? Is she in the kingdom? <laughs> showing you the beauty of his creation. But your mind is somewhere else, so you need to repent of all your sins. The world tells you family reunion, well, how close a cousin is she? But God says, these are all my children. They, that's your sister. That's your brother. Don't be thinking all of that old crazy stuff. That's what the world does. And see, that's what the world has a problem with. They come into church and they look just like the world. But we ought to have fellowship. And God says when we fellowship together, let me show you a product or a benefit of fellowship. When you fellowship together in the Lord, look at the early church. When they got together, when they got together, they, 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 they were steadfast and, and, and fasting and praying. And, and, and the reason why that was important is because that's where the power came from. Yes. Yeah. That there ain't no power in the family reunion anymore because mama and daddy, or should I say big mama and big daddy, that gone. Yeah. So when big mama and big daddy was there, the things that happened didn't happen out of order. Say so. Say so. Because even the littlest of the children knew that's Big Mom. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Now I watched Tyler Perry, and I don't know how many of y'all like him, but he has some very good cultural roots yes, in some of his shows. Amen. Amen. Because Big Mom and Big Daddy took care of business, that's right. and everybody honored them. Yes. Well, let me tell you something. God is Big Daddy. Yes, he is. That's right. Now I know y'all might not like that term, but see, sometimes you can get too righteous. Amen. Amen. That's who God is. He's daddy. He's father. And he watches everything. And he doesn't put up with any junk. And he says, when you come together, I want you to come together. And I want you to be in order. And I want you to sit down. And I want you to pray together. I want you to get on one accord. And I want you to talk to me. Because if you talk to me, then I'll tell you how to talk to your brother and your sister. If you talk to me, I'll tell you about those things that you have need of even before you ask. If you talk to me, I'll tell you that you're more than a conqueror. If you talk to me, then I'll tell you greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that is in the world. If you talk to me, I will make your money race right Everybody starts to talk on the same accord. Man, the roof begins to shake. It begins to be a power that moves in as if it were a mighty rushing wind. I'm going to tell you what the shaking is all about. The devil is getting out. Yes, sir. 
Because <laughs> the devil's scared. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I know he's scared because the name of Jesus. of the 
church is instruction. Listen to what I'm saying. You gotta have instruction. And then you gotta be willing to fellowship. Nothing happens with just a two or three people. But God says where there are two or three. Amen. There he is in the midst. But when he gets everybody together. Then he talks to us about this this next one, and I like it. I'm, see, this is a problem. See, I've been trying to discipline my wife and I, our children. Discipline is a very arduous task. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can't even discipline ourselves. You might not be out there lying. You might not be trying to jack nobody. You might not even go in the store and pick up something and steal it. But you can't discipline yourself because every time you see Bojangles, you feel the need to turn in. change what you're doing 
or you need to accept the fact that you don't have this problem. It opened my eyes to some stuff. Have I been disciplining me in terms of my temple? Have I been taking the best care of God's house? And that's why I tell you the church offers discipline. Now it's up to you to receive it. Amen? It's up to you to receive what God is really saying. Because we've got a lot of ailments that God says you can get out of. That's right. Amen. Says all you got to do is speak to that thing, yeah. and if you speak to it, whatsoever you bind, yeah. amen. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no! Wait a minute before you wave at me, first lady. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> well, you know, grandmama had it. I believe granddaddy had it too. Yeah. And yeah, I looked at my uncle Roy; he got it. So shoot, I guess it's just my time. See, that's our excuse. It's hereditary. Some things are. But most things aren't. <laughs> God didn't send that curse to you. And why am I telling you these things? Because discipline doesn't have to necessarily be lying. It doesn't have to be stealing and cheating and backbiting and all of those things. Discipline could be the fact that you don't know how to get up from the table. Discipline could be the fact that you don't know how to exercise or you won't discipline your body and your mind to get up in the morning and go for a walk before you, you, you do everything else. Discipline could be the fact that, you know, at 4 o'clock you ain't doing nothing. No way. Why don't you just run? Why don't you go to the gym? Why don't you do something to cut down on what's affecting negatively your body? That's right. That's right. The church offers discipline. When we move over here to... And I don't want you to wait to then. But when we move over here to, thank you, then there's going to be some places over there that you can do that. Because it's going to fall in line with fellowship. And it's going to fall in line with instruction. And it's going to fall in line with worship. But there are some places that are doing that now. And I suggest strongly that we get started. Amen? Ain't that right, Brother Ken? Amen? But then there are four last things I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through real quick. And the church offers you a place. That you can have a pastor. Listen to what I'm saying now. My only job in this whole setup is to watch out for you. I don't ask you personally for any money. Paul says, listen, as I came to you and I labored among you, I asked nothing of anybody. I don't go to your house and say, man, can you slip me a 20? Can you give me a little piece of meat and bread until the end of the month? I never do that. My job as pastor is to make sure that I watch out for your soul. You can either choose to use me or not. Amen? Amen. I'm always going to be praying for you. The benefit of the church is it has pastoral oversight and that person, whomever they may be, is ordered by the Lord. Right. So even if I wanted to cut the food and try to slip my hand in the cooking jar, God says I'm going to deal with him myself. Right. I'd rather be dealt with by you than to deal with him, be dealt with by God. Amen. So you can forget you. Me and God, we got a thing. Lord, if I mess up, I'm coming to you like David and I'm confessing. Amen. 
But not only that, he gives you, watch this, a spirit of obedience. Amen? See, obedience is the man meant by God. See, when you love God, when you join the church, you're saying that I'm going to be obedient, Lord. See, 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 this is the kind of teaching I believe that we need in order to better equip ourselves to be members of God's body. See, when God says, listen, pray. Amen? Then you ought not fuss with God. If Sister Janice says we're going to meet at the church at 6.30, amen, for prayer, you, you, you might want to fuss with her. But if she says, you know what, this is what the doctrine says. Amen? Then you ought to be here. Because it's being obedient to God. Amen? Because it's His commandment. And then finally, the last two, and I just want to, and, and you can go as deep in these as you would like. Amen? But obedient to God says, not only am I going to be obedient in prayer, I'm going to be obedient in worship. I'm not going to come in here and sit down and not do anything. I am going to follow God in whatever He says. That, that's the truth of the matter. And once I'm obedient to God, God says, then faith will be the result. And as I close, what is faith? Faith is the only way for us to please God. That comes into being in the body of God. Because the world can't please God. There ain't no good thing in the flesh. So I don't care who you are and how good you look, how good a bath you took, how good you smell, you can't please God. Without faith. And God says, I am not him. I'm a spirit, and they that love me, they that worship me, must do so in spirit and in truth. Yes, sir. So if you're going to get with me, you're going to have to be like me. Yes, sir. And the only way you can be like me is you're going to have to have a faith that your eyes can't see. Yes, sir. And if your eyes can't see it, but your heart can believe it, then guess what, my children? You have just become a member of the body of Christ because you no longer walk by sight, but you walk by faith. And when you walk by faith, God begins to reveal the invisible things. On Wednesday night we share that even God, as He knows the end, before the beginning, God will begin to instruct you. He'll begin to say to you, hey child, don't do that. I got something else for you.
and pour you out blessings that there shall not be room enough to receive. He says, by faith, when you take your tithes and your offerings and you give them, watch this, and you give them, you might not have nothing to stop by KFC. That's why you was holding on to it in the first place, because you wanted to stop by being jingles. But he says, if you would take that and you would be faithful over a few things, he says, this is what I'll do. He says, listen, this is what I'll do. He said, eyes have not seen. He says, ears have not heard what, what, what God has in store for them that love them. He says, hearts, it has not yet been conceived in the hearts of men what God has in store for them that love him. And this is his plan. He says, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you so much. All you got to do is be faithful. Now, I ain't just talking about one time. I'm talking about every day. Faithfulness. I'm going to bless you so good. Watch this. I'm going to bring you your blessings. And it's going to be so full that you're going to have to press it down to keep from losing it. And then when you press it down, it's going to come back up because it's going to be people So ladies and gentlemen, I know I've been here for a little bit and I told you some things and I want you to understand that it's real that you stand to your feet. 